Welcome to the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, a free resource for gymnast parents and coaches to learn to fuel the gymnast for optimal performance and longevity in the sport. I'm your host, Christina Anderson, and I'm a pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, a former gymnast, a current nationally rated gymnastics judge, and a wife plus dog mom. I help gymnasts and their parents learn to fuel without the stress or overwhelm so that they can reach their big goals and dreams both in and out of the sport. We want to help parents take a proactive approach to nutrition, and to do so, this podcast is all about hashtag real talk, where we tackle tough subjects about nutrition, body image, and more in the sport of gymnastics. All right, let's dive in. You're listening to episode 53 of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast. Hello and welcome back. It's Christine Anderson, your pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, and gymnastics nutrition expert. So today I want to talk about something a little bit different, but certainly relevant to fueling the gymnast and definitely top of mind for me because we just finished the first of our summer cooking class series for gymnast. And I want to share with you some reflections, you know, for me, getting gymnasts involved in the kitchen through experiential learning is one of the best ways to teach them about nutrition. I think a lot of times parents want me to lecture at their gymnast or coaches want me to come in and lecture at their gymnast and try to tell them, tell them all these facts about nutrition. And while we do some of that in our team talk series, even from a philosophical approach, um, I always tell these prospective clubs that I really try to focus the team talks on parent education because they're the ones that are grocery shopping, preparing the food, and they'll continue to impress these skills upon their gymnast while I'm not around And I also just don't think gymnasts retain as much, you know, when you're just yakking to them about nutrition, granted, it depends um, what age they are. But I think for gymnasts of all ages, it is so important for them to get involved in the kitchen through the whole process of menu planning, food shopping, food preparation, and more. So we know that cooking is a life skill. And when we're looking at high level competitive gymnasts, you know, we know from the research that people who um, cook at home This is associated with the consumption of a healthier diet, uh, regardless of, you know, weight status, weight loss, any of that, just simply from kind of a diet quality, nutrient density perspective. Now, if you know me, I'm what I call a realistic dietitian, and I think it's hundred percent possible to eat out and eat healthfully while meeting your gymnast nutrition needs. It just takes some intention and planning. Um, This is one reason why we've developed an eating on the go guide, which is inside our fueling for competition season workshop, which is a bonus for all of our balanced gymnast program members, because I know that eating out is just a part of a gymnast busy lifestyle. And a lot of parents, when they apply for our program and they're telling me a little bit about their gymnast, you know, I can hear the guilt and the shame in their tone about, I don't cook enough at home. I hate to cook. We're always eating on the go. We're always stopping at restaurants. And I'm like, look, that is all a hundred percent workable and doable, but that doesn't mean that maybe on the weekends or in the summers, I still think it's important because one day gymnastics is going to end for your gymnast. And whether that's, you know, after she competes in college for four years or after she just finishes her, you know, high school career, the reality is that most gymnasts are so busy that they often don't learn how to do much in the kitchen especially because they're often not home when the food prep happens, right? (laughs) They're at gym for four or five hours a day, five or six days a week. And so when the grocery shopping is happening, when the food prep is happening, they're just not there. And a lot of times parents will have to bring them food in the car when they pick them up because it's already eight or nine o'clock at night and they want them to be able to eat and come home and do homework and shower. So 
I totally understand that, especially during the school year, if your kid goes to um, quote unquote regular school versus like being homeschooled or virtual school, or maybe the schedule is more flexible, there may not be an opportunity yet maybe once or twice a week for your gymnast to even get involved in the kitchen. But even so, um, that one opportunity is going to add up over time, over the weeks. And then I think certainly the summer, we have a lot more time. <clears throat> and I think this is a great time to get your gymnast involved in the kitchen. One day they're going to have to know how to fuel themselves. And you may have missed the boat in terms of these crucial years of teaching them at home to learn how to cook, to learn how to prepare food in a supportive environment. We know that when gymnasts participate, they have a lot more vested interest. Um, That was something that was really cool about our June cooking class. It was Mediterranean themed. I always try to pick a theme that has some sort of kind of nutritional culinary association, right? And a lot of us have heard that the Mediterranean diet, it's kind of this hallmark anti-inflammatory. There's a a heavy focus on nutrient-dense foods, on healthy fats, on anti-inflammatory foods, and even just the the cultural approach to eating. So we had a Mediterranean-themed class where we made um, a watermelon feta avocado salad, which was so delicious. We had um, Greek turkey meatballs, which was a really great um, just skill for the gymnast to learn in terms of handling raw meat, you know, forming the meatballs, putting in the oven, knowing when they're done. We also had homemade tzatziki dip, which we probably spent the first 30, 45 minutes of the class um, talking about different herbs, different spices, and doing a lot of um, knife skill work, which I think that's kind of the hardest part. You know, if you don't know how to use these big scary knives and you don't know what herbs are and you don't know how to chop an onion and chop a bell pepper and how to get the seeds out, Um, you're probably going to be less likely to use those foods, cook those foods, try those foods. So I was really strategic of what we chose. Um, We then did a Mediterranean rice at the end, which was a rice with all sorts of spices. We had turmeric, it had cumin, um, it had all the fresh mint and parsley that we had chopped. It had pine nuts. They learned to saute um, garlic and onion and olive oil, which I think is that's such a base for different pasta dishes or sauteing fresh vegetables Um, And what parents told me after the class is that because their gymnast was involved in every aspect of the food preparation, they actually tried everything that they made when normally if the food had just been presented to them, they probably would have shied away from it because it was a very um, grown up, mature, um, how do I want to say this, kind of a mature menu, so to speak. Like I, to be honest, was maybe a little bit nervous because you know, this watermelon feta salad had avocado, it had cucumbers, it had watermelon, it had lime juice. Like it definitely was out there. I mean, I probably hadn't tried something like that until a couple years ago. And then when I tried it, I was like, oh wow, this flavor combination is great. Um, but even just, you know, herbs and spices, like when there's green flecks in your food, when there's nuts and other spices and the turmeric, which turns the rice yellow, those are just things that often kids aren't exposed to. And so it's easy for them to kind of turn their nose up just because they're not sure and maybe it feels unsafe. But when they're cooking and they're involved in that whole process and they're seeing, you know, step by step how the ingredients are combined. And often when we're, you know, cooking each recipe, I'm talking about the ingredients and what's in it and what it's used for. Um, It's really amazing how involved the gymnasts get and how vested they are, but also how proud of themselves they are. And we know that, you know, self-esteem increases when we have more skills and ability. And so, part of these cooking classes is also to expose gymnasts to new foods, new flavors, but also to help build some basic cooking skills. 
um, we send out the recipes for the cooking classes a couple weeks in advance. Um, and it has a grocery shopping list, which I mean, I get it. I know gymnasts are busy, but I know that some gymnasts and parents, um, this is a great kind of curated opportunity for them to go and do the shopping together, which again, I try to not pick like super obscure ingredients, but I try to pick things where it's like, Oh, maybe we haven't bought this before. Maybe we haven't cooked this before. Um, because again, it's that exposure, that experiential learning that is so important. I can say that when you get your gymnast involved in the kitchen, it's not going to be perfect. And for some of us kind of type A control freaks, you know, you're already on a schedule, everyone's hungry, you know, it's just easier to do it yourself, but it's so important to give them that learning opportunity to give them that safe space to fail and to mess up. Um, It may be messy. They may be slow. It may not turn out well. They might burn it. They may overcook it. Um, But each of those experiences is going to be a learning opportunity. I shared with the gymnast in the class that from kind of the earliest thing I can remember, um, you know, cooking in the kitchen. I mean, I was always in the kitchen with my mom, with my grandma. Um, In the summers before gymnastics got super intense, I would hang out at the barn where my sister um, rode horses. She does three-day eventing. So, you know, we have um, lots of equestrians in our gymnastics families. And, you know, every single day I'd go to the barn with her. We do all the chores in the morning. And then the horse trainer's mom, who lived on the property, um, she and I would then cook a huge lunch every day because the horse trainer's dad, he was like the head mechanic at American Airlines and he worked kind of the the afternoon night shift. And so lunch was his dinner. And I mean, I was probably like nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. And I remember, you know, we'd finish the chores at the barn and scooping the poop and doing all the stuff. And then, um, the, the mom and I would go to the grocery store. She'd have her list. She'd have her menu. Um, and I was exposed to all different flavors and skills and recipes and even just different things than my own mom had cooked. And so, um, that was instrumental in my confidence in the kitchen, in my skills, my abilities. Um, I remember probably the first like full dinner I prepared for my family. (laughs) It was this thyme chicken. It was like a creamy thyme chicken. And I think you cut up chicken breast or chicken thighs and sauteed them. And and that went fine. And then you made, um, kind of a, a, a pan sauce and it was, I think some sort of like half and half or heavy cream, I think there was some maybe sherry in it. And the recipe called for two tablespoons of minced fresh thyme. And I was young. I mean, I was probably maybe 12 years old. And if you know me, I'm a, um, I'm a quick action taker. I'm, I'm kind of a speed demon. I'd rather charge forward and then fix it later. And so reading the recipe, I was like, oh, well, we don't have any fresh thyme. I'll just use the dried thyme. And instead of asking my mom, I just measured out two tablespoons of dried thyme. (laughs) And as you could imagine, that sauce had more thyme than anything else in it. And I remember when I served it, I think we served it over rice, which, you know, that's another good skill is to learn how to make rice, to make pasta. Um, Needless to say, it wasn't great. I'm pretty certain we didn't eat it. We probably, I don't know, made a grilled cheese or something that night. Um, But that was so important to me, like being able to put a whole meal together to work with the timing to have to deal with the raw chicken and the food safety skills and to cook the rice. And then I think just the timing of making sure everything comes together at the same time, that's just such an important experience that if we don't get practice, then you end up with young adults in their twenties and thirties that have no idea how to cook. They're spending astronomical amounts on eating out and fast food simply because they don't know how to cook and they're intimidated. And I think we can solve a lot of 
that problem and not to mention, I think, just the public health crisis by trying to get back to some of the more basics of these skills. Um, As my team and I were talking about this podcast episode, my assistant brought up a really good point about um, parents, you know, being afraid to let their gymnasts bake because of the sugar. And I was like, oh, that's such a great point because I feel like for a lot of young gymnasts, um, baking is kind of their entrance into the kitchen. I personally, I'm more of a cook. I I like to cook. It's not as precise. Um, especially now that we live at altitude. I mean, we're at, I don't know, 7,000 plus feet here. Um, things do not turn out like they used to when I lived at sea level. Um, so I'm definitely more of a chef in that way, but I know a lot of young gymnasts love to bake. I know I love to bake. Um, but I think as a parent, sometimes that's maybe a, a hard line for you to walk because you're like, oh my gosh, why are you making all these cakes? You're making all these cookies. I'm worried about you eating all of them. And here's the thing. I think it's normal for young gymnasts to want to bake. It's it's an easy way, kind of an entrance into the kitchen, but I think you can handle it in an appropriate way. I think number one, we need to make sure they're eating enough. And um, I've heard from clients that you know they'll come home from a four or five hour gym practice. They'll come home with one or two gym friends, and then the girls will decide that they want to bake a cake or they want to make cookies or whatever. And they make cookies, and then they end up eating half the dough, and then they eat tons of cookies. And the parent is just standing there, you know, kind of aghast, not knowing what to say, and maybe internally panicking about how many cookies they ate. And I think a lot of this has to do with how we talk about food, right? When we demonize certain foods, that's only going to increase the wanting and the liking. Um, I think making sure your gymnast is eating enough, you know, if she barely eats before morning training, she goes to gym for four or five hours. She comes home and she only has a turkey cheese sandwich with some fruit. That is not enough nutrition to support all the training that she just did. Not to mention just her kind of daily energy, energy needs, growth development, all that. So then, you know, hour or two later, they're baking cookies and she's, she's hungry, right? And the brain's really smart. And when you're out of fuel, when you're underfueled, the brain knows that the carbs, the sweets, the, the quick sugars, it knows that those are quick sources of energy. And so it's more so um, a survival instinct versus quote unquote, like obsession or addiction. So, you know, making sure that your gymnast had a big enough lunch and then, you know, setting expectations of like, yeah, absolutely. You guys can make cookies. Let's have cookies with some milk as a snack. Um, You know, I think there's a way that you can balance that with leaving them feeling um, satisfied and feeling proud of themselves for the skill that they're exploring and developing, but at the same time, not causing um, a complex. I think when we over restrict the sweets, which is often what happens, then baking can kind of be the only acceptable route to eating said sweets. So it's not just what you do at mealtimes, but it's how you treat those sweets all the other times, right? I mean, I think the holidays are kind of the perfect example of this is if you don't allow your kid to have enough exposure and frequency to the fun foods, you'll notice it, right? Like when Thanksgiving hits, when Christmas hits and you know they're at grandma's and there's 18 different desserts, that's when your kid just completely FOMO eats and probably eats to the point that they feel sick which is often a reflection of not having enough permission around those foods, you know, the other 365 days of the year. So I think that's the other thing is if you offered a dessert with their lunch, they may not even want to bake cookies, which they might just because it's a fun activity. And I I think it's kind of a rite of passage for, you know, young girls that are kind of figuring out their way in the kitchen. And it's just a fun activity, especially like if it's too hot outside or can't go swimming or whatever. 
Um, so I wouldn't be afraid to let them do that, but I just would be mindful about how we talk about it and make sure that we're feeding them enough. On this note, which I do have planned at some point to do a full episode all about disordered eating and eating disorders. Um, that's a, it's a highly sensitive subject. It's definitely a personal subject. And I want to make sure that I've kind of done my due diligence before I, you know, record a podcast on it, but I can say that there are definitely associations between being obsessed with baking and disordered eating. And obviously there's a difference, you know, between liking to bake and liking to cook versus we bake, but then we don't eat it. Right. Or we bake the cookies. We have some of the dough, but then we don't actually eat a portion of the real dessert. And so I would just keep an eye out as a parent um, because that often happens with young growing gymnasts, especially as they kind of enter the teenage years. And that's a really um, kind of slippery slope into that restrict and binge cycle. So um, all that to say, I'm always curious, you know, when I see gymnasts that love to bake, again, they could totally just love to bake and have aspirations of wanting to be, you know, a pastry chef or something like that. And that's fine. But oftentimes it's rooted in um, they're actually hungry. They're over restricted. um, There's already some disordered eating going on there. So, um, you know, if they're unwilling to eat what they prepare or they're unwilling to eat kind of normal serving or um, they won't eat it in front of you, yet then you come down later and half the cake is gone. I think all of those are just kind of red flags that something is going on that you certainly could get some more support around. So with that, I I hope this episode was helpful. And we do have another cooking class left in our summer series that's planned for July. Right now, it is a free bonus that all of our members get who join the Balanced Gymnast Program, which is our three-month live program. That is incredible. It is so transformative. It's for level five through 10 and elite gymnasts and parents where I teach you everything we need to know about fueling the gymnast day in, day out, using nutrition to leverage their best performance and recovery, and most importantly, give them that longevity in the sport. So if you're interested, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. You can find uh, more information on the program in the show notes. And if you want to join in on the cooking class, we would love to have you. And who knows, I might throw another one, um, maybe into the schedule in August. I know last year we did a three-part summer series and our cooking class that we did in August was back to school breakfast, easy lunches, school snacks. Um, I think we did it like a Saturday morning and it was just a great opportunity for gymnasts to, again, kind of get involved in the kitchen, the planning process for the upcoming school year, which will get you a lot more buy-in when it comes to early mornings and breakfast. So with that, I hope you guys are having a great summer or whenever you're listening to this and I'll see you guys next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast sponsored by the Balanced Gymnast Method course. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can find any links that we mentioned in the show notes of the episode and also how you can work with us. If you're looking to learn to fuel your gymnast for optimal performance without the stress or overwhelm, feel free to email us. If you have any questions, you can reach us at support at christinaandersonrdn.com, share what's going on and we'll get back to you. Or you can learn more about our programs by going to our website, christinaandersonrdn.com slash work with us. Bye for now.